Hi there, sweet mommy. This is Sherry Hayes, the goofy mom of 15 kids, been homeschooling for over three decades, and I want to share something that will bless you today. So go ahead, fold the laundry, vacuum, get a cup of tea or coffee, whatever your thing is, and get ready to dive into the good life in Jesus. So it's midwinter and we are reevaluating lots of our lives, aren't we? I mean, I sat there and I went, you know, I'm listening to a lot of different things. <laughs> and everybody's going, you know, so, you know, if you haven't been effective here, do this and, you know, look at this and evaluate that. And, you know, a lot of us are homeschooling. We're, we're evaluating our homeschooling, aren't we? I mean, sometimes it seems like we're chugging up that hill and we get to the point and, you know, it's like when you ride a bicycle up a hill. And at a certain point, sometimes you have to get off and just drive the bicycle by hand up the hill, don't you? And sometimes you feel like that when you're homeschooling. And midwinter is one of those times. Either you can be really excited about the last half of your year or you can look forward and go, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to keep it on, right? I don't know how I'm going to keep up. Yeah. And so that's what we want to talk about today. Because homeschooling is not one of those silly things you do just on a whim and you just started and it's going to be all fun and you buy some stuff and you get going and it just all works out. Homeschooling isn't a vacation. Homeschooling is a battle. And you know why? Because it dares to challenge the systems that are engineered to destroy us. You know, it's ultimately, I mean, we can get in con into conspiracy theories all day and we can talk about specific people or groups or what have you, but basically it's just the devil and sin in the world and human nature all together combined that wants to go against God's best for us, right? So when we go against that, we're going to have a lot of blowback. We're going to have a lot of resistance, kind of like, when you're, you know, when you're walking, there's a certain amount of resistance you feel just because of the atmosphere that you're in, you know, just because of the air around you. But when you try to walk in water, it's like, wow, you're having to really force your muscles to push against a lot of stuff. And when you are trying to walk against the current, then you have even more friction, even more resistance. You have to really struggle. And you know, anybody can float downstream. Any dead fish can float downstream. <laughs> but if you really want to live, if you really want to see God's life and his kingdom on this earth, you are going to have to push against the stream. And that's going to cause conflict in your life. And it's going to mean that you have to exert yourself more. And that's hard to do, okay? Now, um, we don't always realize the different negatives that have been affecting us. I don't know if you're like me, but I'll go in and I'll start feeling di like discouraged, depressed, uh, frustrated, and I won't realize I have to sit down and think and isolate where that's coming from. And so the devil wants to keep us from striving for the kingdom of God. So he'll use everything he can. He uses messages on media. He uses people in our lives. He, he brings back memories to us of, you know, negative things. And he tries to, to put it all in our minds and create this huge construct. You know, it's, it's not just one thing, but it's a lot of little things. Okay, so maybe your child's not doing what you wanted them to. Uh, the curriculum you're using isn't good. Um, you got the relatives visited with you over the holidays and they were all negative and you're what you're you're questioning yourself like well Maybe if my kids were in school, 
you know, at least I wouldn't have to worry about it. It would be the teacher's responsibility, the school's responsibility, and on and on and on. And we think, wow, maybe I'm, you know, I don't know. Some kids, when they homeschool, they turn out weird. And, you know, because everybody will bring the worst of the worst into your mind. Never mind all of the negative things that happen to kids and how they graduate from public schooling. It's all on you because when you homeschool, see people turn out bad. And I knew this family once, and they had this kid once, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, and then you look at your own, your own shortcomings. Let's say that you, you kind of were frustrated with your kids and maybe you yelled a little bit. Maybe, you know, there's, there's things that you don't understand and you're moving into like, let's say that your one child is learning algebra and you just don't feel adequate to do that. Or, you know, you're, you're moving towards the high school years and it's becoming a burden to you. And, and all of this is on you and it's midwinter and it's dark outside and you can't get out and get that good vitamin D from the sun. And all the kids, like some, some days, they're kind of wiry because they're inside a lot and you're just like, I don't know what to do, right? And you want to quit. Let me tell you something, the devil wants, is, he's taking a blowhorn and he's going, quit, just quit. Just quit. You'll be okay. Just just give it up. It, everyone will live. Just just quit, he's telling you. But don't give in to that. Don't be a quitter. You know, lots of things have happened. Good things have happened to people in real life. And they happened just as they were wanting to give up. They were just on the verge of giving up. And boom, the page turned and everything was good. And so the people... That the temptation is to give up just before you're just about to see the victory, isn't it? But finish the race, okay? Now, I would like to share with you some good things that will bless you and encourage you. First, um, I'd like to talk about the Bible is full of situations where people were being like they were being tormented, they were experiencing an onslaught of negativity from every side for believing in Jesus. And what did Paul the Apostle have to say? He said this in Galatians, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Okay, now I have 15 children, all right, and I have so many success stories, I can tell you. One after another after another, times that God came through in my life and did all kinds of things, but those victories came at great expense. Those victories came at times when I was I was at my the end of my rope, and I did, we were moving, and I thought, we're not doing it right, or we don't have all the right things, and then God used that because I trusted him, and he brought wonderful things out of it. Now, I still have some loose ends. There are still situations that I am working through with God. You know, I told that I went for physio for my shoulder, and I was telling the physical therapist, I said, you know, we do what we can, but God must do the rest, right? And so I am not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. The devil says, well, this child's this, and this child's that, and this child's that. And I'll say, no, devil, I'm believing Jesus. I'm, I'm resting on God's word. I am going to walk in faith and believe what God said. I'm not going to believe what my negative brain tells me. I'm not going to believe the messages. You know what? I'm going to be like the spies that went into the, um, I'm not going to be like the spies who went into the promised land and saw giants and they, they were like grasshoppers. I'm going to be like Joshua and Caleb. And I'm going to say, by our God, we are well able to overcome them. And that's what I'm believing 
this winter, and I hope that you believe that too. You know, I grew up in a home with well-meaning but worldly-minded people. My, my parents, my grandparents, I love them all, and they were all good to me. And I have nothing negative to say. You know, I mean, they're stuff, right? Except that they were just worldly-minded. So, you know, I remember well, because of that, that even though they had a certain hope about them, there was a certain darkness and a certain depression and a certain negativity that I just grew up with in my mind. But when I met Jesus, all of that changed. It was like a light bulb went on. And then I had a different perspective on my life. And it was almost as though everything that was taught to me about the negativity and the bad stuff, I could believe God for the opposite. And that's what I determined to do, okay? In our home, there are still times when darkness wants to creep in, but when we turn our gaze on Jesus, the entire atmosphere of our home changes. The presence of God makes all the difference in the world. And this is because Christ has conquered death and hell, and when our gaze is on him, we can live in that victory. Now, I would like to share with you Psalm 34, verse 5. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. And that's from the New Living, Test New Living Translation. Let me read that again. This is, this is worth listening to. So whatever you're doing, close your eyes and listen to this. Listen, let these words, let this word of God get deep into you. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Think about that. Is that become because we're all we learned how to be righteous all of a sudden? Is that because our good works are so amazing God just loves us more? No, it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with we know who we are not and we know who he is and we call on him and we fall down before him and we humble ourselves and he in his mighty, wonderful, loving benevolence reaches down and lifts us up. That's a scriptural uh, precept that's over and over mentioned. Okay, now that's for where our strength for homeschooling comes from. It comes from looking to Jesus. I don't, I mean, you know, people can have better curriculums and worse curriculums, and they can have better ideas and worse ideas and better environments and worse and all that kind of stuff. That's physical stuff. But there's something about looking to Jesus that makes even the worst things better. It just does. So that verse says that when we look at Jesus, we become radiant. Why? Because we are a reflection of who he is. Remember when Moses was on the mountain receiving the law of God, the Ten Commandments? Do you remember when he looked at, at God for that long? When he came down the mountain, he was radiating God's glory to the point to where they could not look on his face. So he had to wear a veil. <laughs> When we are with Jesus, when we look to Jesus, we start reflecting his glory in our lives and we become radiant, okay? We radiate his love, his hope, his strength, and his wisdom. We are not meant to survive as homeschooling moms. We are meant to thrive, even in the hard times. It's doing good things in us and we're living above. We're not 
under, I'm doing pretty well under the circumstances. No, get out of under the circumstances, get on top of the circumstances, all right? We are born again, we are not natural, we are supernatural. According to Colossians 1.27, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You can read it. I didn't make it up. It's not some spiritual construct. It's what that verse says. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in us. Now, Ephesians 1, 15 through 22. Let me read that to you. It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, don't let that skip your mind, don't let that be minimalized, He's the Father of glory, okay? May give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory to his, in his, uh, of his inheritance in the saints. There are riches and glory that is our inheritance as saints. Uh, this isn't like some silly thing, like, oh, I'm a Christian, so I get to do good things and be nice, and everybody's, you know, nice and quiet and nice, and it's good. No, 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 no. We're talking riches and glory in Christ, right? Okay. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? <laughs> it's like, you know that power, that word power is dunamis, which is like dynamite. All right. According to the working of his mighty power. Now listen to the rest of this. This is the description of the power that we have. It's, it's, talking, it's going to talk about Jesus, all right? Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. The kind of power, the kind of dynamite we have working in, the live, in our lives is the same that raised Jesus from the dead. You feel dead? It's midwinter. You feel dead. You feel like this tree with all these branches, no leaves, right? Let Jesus resurrect you. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. You know, the devil and all his plans and how he hates what we're doing and he's always against us and he tries to depress us and discourage us. Oh, Jesus is the name above all that. We don't have to submit to it. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, fullness, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Jesus is the head. We're the body of Jesus. And God put all those negative, evil, dark things under his feet. That means they're under us. Yes. Amazing. Wow. Jesus lives in us, and that's all that power and revelation knowledge and wisdom that's available to us. Ladies, we need to see our position differently. We need to change from defense, which I'm always, oh, the devil's chasing me. I gotta run. I gotta fix this because, oh, the devil messed that up. I gotta fix it. Oh, no, he messed over here. I gotta fix that. 
Uh, stop that. Stop that. Start getting on the offensive, on the offensive. Like, you know what? I'm going to do this because this is going to bless my children and bless the world. Don't think, oh, they could be worldly influenced. Oh, you know, look, you know what? We're going to have so much God, so much good going on that the world won't even be appealing. It won't be even interesting. Because And well, they'll be able to see everything through the lens of the gospel. So it'll all turn them back to Jesus because they'll see Jesus in everything. God's truth is in everything. There's a lot of error, a lot of lies, a lot of darkness. But they'll be able to look for Jesus and his truth in everything. Okay, And it'll all lead them back to him. Okay, Here's another saying. All right, I want you to hear this. Okay, Don't face the storm. Be the storm. The devil doesn't want you to teach your kids about the Lord. Can you commit to making sure that's the first priority? <laughs> Give the devil a really bad day and say, children, let's pray first. Yeah, and pray and say, let's glorify God. Let's sing some praise songs or some hymns. Let's do that first thing. And let's talk about Jesus. And let's, let's read God's word and really start to understand who he is. Let's do that First thing, oh, the devil will just have a really bad day. That's being on the offense. And then when you go to do your math, when you go to do your reading, when you go to do your writing, when you go to do your science, now you're in a different plane, a different plane of existence. And you know what? Uh, there's a scripture that says, and the evil one cannot touch them. Listen, we live with what we tolerate. Okay, this is another truth. <sighs> Things of this, think of this, okay, think of this in terms of keeping a home, all right? So we can all say, well, my house is just dirty, you know, people come over, well, just don't mind the house, it's just dirty. Now, I'm not judging you, okay? Everybody has their times, everybody has their days, and you just go, wow, I wish my house was cleaner, and you came over the wrong time. <laughs> like, we just got over being sick, or, you know, we just were moving, I mean, you can't help those things. But in general... If you tolerate a certain amount of dirt and trash and, and unkemptness in your home, that's what you'll live with. And you kind of develop the ability to just accept it. And everybody just uh, develops an ability to accept that's just the baseline. And if you get cleaner than that, that's amazing. But if you get dirtier than that, that's, you know, you, you might just have like a baseline of things you'll tolerate. And that's just in cleaning terms. And, and, and for persons that really have a, a real disorder, their baseline is way, 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 way high. So they will allow trash and filth and feces and, and vermin in their house, and they've learned to tolerate it. So that's what they live with. They live in that, right? Now, they hate it, and it, it's slowly killing them, and it's destroying things, but that's what they tolerate, so that's what they live with. Now, spiritually and emotionally, we can do that, too. We can have a home where there's a certain amount of bickering, a certain amount of negativity, a certain amount of discouragement, then we've just decided to tolerate it. And so we just live with it, and we don't realize how we are allowing negative... We, we don't really realize how much destructiveness we're allowing in our homes until sometimes you come across someone who's really living on a higher level in the Lord, and you just... You just feel so ashamed. Your kids start talking, and their kids are like, woo, woo, woo. And you go, oh, my goodness, we're not doing very well. You don't like to be around them. They make you feel uncomfortable. Like, they're happy. How dare they be happy? Life is awful. 
don't you know? <laughs> but they're happy and they're joyful, and they might be going through a lot harder circumstance than you are, and they're happy and they're joyful, and their kids are laughing. And you're going, wow, you know, we live with what we tolerate, but we don't have to do that. We can make changes and we can decide, but when you walk with Jesus, things start happening. If you refuse the negativity of the devil and you replace it with a positivity, the, the believing of God, then your level for tolerance goes way low and you start seeing more of the beauty of God's goodness in your life. Okay, so um, maybe right now you feel like your homeschool is falling apart. Okay, that's all right. The roof leaks and the wallpaper is peeling, just like the restoration videos of the old French chalets. I like to watch those sometimes, you know, where somebody will take an old European, especially it's happening in Europe a lot, it seems to me, but they'll take like an old, old ancient like chalet or something and they'll go in there and they'll rejuvenate it, right? Okay, God can equip you to dig in and do a job on your life and your house and your homeschool. And you can renovate that thing. And you can turn it around in, so that God gets the glory. It'll be something beautiful and a work to behold. It doesn't happen in one day. Okay? It'll take a while. But let God's presence transform your homeschool. And how do you do that? You listen and you obey instantly. Boy, that's, that's tricky. I know everybody's saying, I don't know if that's God or my own brain. You, after a while, just, just, just... The first thing that, if you have a question, say, Oh Lord, what do I do next? Usually the first thing that comes in is that, he says he's a still quiet voice, right? The first thing that comes in is usually God. <laughs> but we always, they're like, we're, you know, we like to take that thing and we like to like, Oh, I don't know if that was him. You know, just, just go with it. And if you make mistakes, that's okay. But you'll start honing in your own ability to listen and obey. And then you can make lists. It's not against God's you know, trusting God to make lists. You can make lists of all the things you need to do and all the things you'd like to see, but then you have to put that list away and you just have to start. You know, sometimes we can get in the list making and the planning and never implement it. Or I, I hear a lot of people say, I, I did these plans and I wrote them down and I had it all planned and then nothing ever worked. I started putting in place nothing. Sometimes we are too detailed in our plans and we don't allow room for God to change things up and do things in a different way, in a better way than we think in our minds. Okay, so for instance, you know, this morning, I wrote out all the things I thought I'd like to do and accomplish and then I just started out and as the day progressed, you know, okay, so someone says, well, we want to go do this at this time and we'd like to have you do this and would you help me with that? And so I did all those things and so certain, and, and so my sequence was out of whack and some things I won't get to today and other things I will and then other extra things will have, have happened. But I'm going to trust God in the different situations so that as I go along, he's able to change my plans, but he knows the desires of my heart and he'll help me get that done. Remember, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. If you listen, he'll tell you when it's time to introduce phonics. He'll tell you when it's time to lay off on long division. <laughs> And he will let you know, okay? Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God, right?
okay, it's not about worldly wisdom, it's about God's wisdom. Now there is natural knowledge, and there is revelation knowledge, or rhema, which is the quickened logos word of God. We are told in the scriptures we have the mind of Christ. Now there are some scriptures I'm going to give you that you can look up and read for yourself. First, Ephesians 4, 17 through 18. Now I'll try to put this in the description. Hopefully I'll remember. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 17 through 18. Romans 1, 21. 1 Peter 1, 18. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. And Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. Okay, these are all scriptures. If you have some quiet time, you have some Bible time, you know, you can look these up as encouragement. God knows the needs of those around us. Okay, he knows that you're a mom and that you, he, he's there, he, he sees you. It's not like, well, he's got these generalities and so you're supposed to do this generality. No, he's there with you. You know, whatever your name is. If your name is Sherry, if your name is Rebecca, if your name is whatever, he knows you. He sees your exact situation. And if you do the generalities, you're probably going to mess up because good is often the enemy of godly. Did you know that? God, goodness is not necessarily godliness because godliness means we're following God. Good is means we're just being doing good, right? And not necessarily submitted to God. But anyway, God knows the needs of those around us and he desires to partner with us to meet those needs. He loves to help to have us help him because that gives us ownership. It gives us like communion with him. He is waiting for us to be available and listening so he can lead us to write that sweet note, have that quiet talk, take that cup of tea to someone, speak that word of correction and encouragement. Okay, Proverbs 25, 11 says this. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. If we listen to the Holy Spirit and allow him to lead us, we're going to be able to speak the right word at the right time. And it's going to be very meaningful. Okay, just don't quit. <laughs> Your breakthrough is just around the corner. If you quit, only the devil wins, right? If you keep on, Christ will get the victory and you will come out to a level place and it'll be wonderful. Even if it's not in this life. Some of the things that I'm hoping and praying for, I might not see the fruition of them in my lifetime. Does that mean I quit believing and I quit striving and I quit moving on in God? Absolutely not. I am operating as though those things will happen. And I have hope for the future. Because down here, as well as up there, we don't lose. We win because Jesus wins. So I hope this has blessed you today. If you want more content like this, I have a blog and it's on my website, momdelights.com, and I have all kinds of blog posts on there. I have freebies. I have lots of stuff. And I'm also on as a podcast that you can just listen to on things like Spotify or wherever you listen to that stuff. And I'm on YouTube, so I've got all these different ways that you can listen to my stuff. I also am open to comments, and I have a contact page on my website where you can send me a note and I have a donation thing and you know someone just sent me some money recently and I'm so thankful thank you for all the people that have contributed this last year you have been such an encouragement and blessing to me I just really thank God for you so until next time please like and subscribe and have a wonderful day
Bye-bye.